And um, if there's no special number to get, um, then uh, we ask the sister ladies to render a song before the message, okay? Let's, um, let's pray for the offering now. Let's pray for the offering. Okay, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your presence this evening. Um, thanking you, Lord, of um, the good things that you have already given to us. Lord, uh, even to come to our living service is such a great blessing, Lord, that we are here uh, tonight and uh, coming our way. Um, some of us have um, driven um, a good distance, and some of us are just from um, the, the close proximity. But, Lord, I pray that... Um, we will just be blessed, Lord, in our meetings, um, meeting tonight. And thank you, Lord, for bringing us uh, here um, safe and sound. And um, we do not know, Lord, how many um, how many accidents that we have uh, escaped. Uh, it's because of your protection upon us. And Lord, um, we acknowledge that it is because of your um, love to us, because of your mercies, uh, that, Lord, we are still here. Um, be able to worship you and please Lord bless our hearts this time as we come and Lord um, give you um, the glory that you deserve. Lord um, bless the meeting, bless our message but also Lord please bless the offering tonight and help this Lord people that as they give I pray Lord that um, um, they will give that um, coming from their heart because Lord uh, you deserve the best that we can give. And thank you, Lord. And some of us who can only give our time, who can only give our bodies, Lord, please uh, take it also um, and be glorified, Lord, in everything that we give to you tonight. And Lord, once again, um, be glorified in the midst of your people and bless all of us. Bless the offering in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a fresh like me. I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I Through countless dangers, doubts, and fears, I have already come. God's grace has brought me safely here, and grace will lead me home. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. 
stay his strength with me abide and though i stumble day by day he shall not leave my side my chains are gone i've been set free my god my savior's ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace this earth will one day melt like snow the sun refused to shine yet god who sent me here below will be forever mine you'll be
because the people that worship him uh, are not are not happy. They come they come to church. They're not happy. I don't know why they come to church, and they are not happy. But sometimes you know we are motivated to come to church even though we are not happy. But again, in the sight of the Lord, there should be no reason why we come before the presence of the Lord not happy. So we ought to be happy, we ought to be joyful. Just think about your salvation. <laughs> I believe, uh, thinking about my salvation, well, thank the Lord that I, I'm saved. Thank the Lord that I was once a sinner and now I came. Pardon to receive from my Lord. See, that's already a great, um, you know, uh, encouragement um, to come before the presence of the Lord joyful because we are not supposed to be here. We are not supposed to be worshiping God because we do not deserve God. Our being, our, you know, uh, persons um, are not supposed to be saved, are not supposed to be worshiping the Lord, but the Lord in His mercies, He allows us he allows us to come. And therefore, we ought to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So all the time, you can see there that when we come to the, before the presence of the Lord, we ought to be joyful. You know why people are not happy? Because, they, because of their great discontent in life. And the Bible says, for um, the, um, godliness with contentment is great gain. You don't need to have money. To be to be happy, you don't need to have uh, things to be content. If the contentment is just, you know, the condition of your heart, be content. Whatever God has given you, in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. So um, we don't have the material uh, things as others do. We don't have all those things as uh, as other people have. It's not. It's not the end. Of the, it's not the end of the world. The Lord is still working in us. So I think our blessing is just, you know, is, is now on the way. So all we need to do is wait. Wait upon the Lord. And uh, um, David, David was already anointed king when he was around 17 years old. But he became king when he was already around 40 years old. You, you see how many years of waiting in that? Prophet Samuel already anointed him. When he was still a young boy, but he was not immediately, you know, uh, became king. Um, it, it took him a lot of waiting, a lot of waiting and waiting and waiting. And in fact, he could have, um, he could have cut short to be king if he allowed himself, if he allowed <coughs> his servant to kill Saul. But he did not. He, he, he does not want to do that. <coughs> And, and his waiting to be king uh, it was even delayed and, and you know, uh, stalled for many, many years. You see, he did not rush to the throne because uh, he was already happy in the Lord. That is a good thing with him. And that is also a good thing with us. If you are already happy in the Lord, there's no amount of these things that can, you know, can discourage you in this world. Why? Because you are already contented in the Lord. David is one great example of um, a person that really waits upon the Lord. In, that is in Psalm 40. In Psalm chapter 40, he said, 
I waited patiently with the Lord. He waited patiently. Why? Because it takes patience in waiting. And he had an opportunity of cutting short. Then the throne is just right there behind it. But you have to kill Saul. But never that he imagined in his heart to, to harm King Saul because Saul was God's anointed. That's not mine anointed. And he puts that in his heart. He will never, he will allow himself to, you know, Saul can have a lot of chance, chances to kill him because he refused to kill Saul. Giving that powerful man a lot of opportunity to kill him. But he knows that God will protect him. And notice that. I waited patiently for the Lord. There is a great patience. And again, for all of us that wait upon the Lord, you know, you are so blessed if you just wait patiently upon the Lord. Do not, you know, um, do not um, do the shortcut. Avoid the shortcut. Because if you will, if you will jump into uh, a premature um, blessings and uh, you think it's a blessing, it may not be a blessing to you if you will not wait upon the Lord. So wait, because that is what God wants us to do. You see, this is the time that people will begin to get discouraged and looking ahead of um, their problems in life, the, the, maybe the uh, perennial uh, financial uh, strain, that there's no way, oh, the, the whole year's salary would not be enough to pay our debt. Uh, all these problems, uh, there's always problems that we need to face. But I'll tell you, um, the Lord can change that. The Lord can come to our rescue. The Lord can come uh, to bless us if we only just uh, put our trust in Him. If the Lord will, will be delighted in us, just like Joshua and Caleb uh, said, if the Lord will be delighted in us, those giants, they will be bread for us. So the giants, that, that, that those people that can potentially kill us, can be a blessing to us. That's what happened to Israel is supposed to be. If they, they, if they would just listen to these two, two men of God, uh, Joshua and Caleb, they could have won battles, they could have you know, controlled um, um, the promised land so easily, but because of the uh, disbelief, because of unbelief in the hearts of the people, which also, you know, um, can, can, can also be seen in the hearts of the people today. The Christian people, um, so much, you know, um, uh, material things in their, in their mind that they think that the only solution to this problem is money. No, it's not money. The solution to, this, to the problem we have is God. Amen. If we can only get the heart of God into our favor, and the Lord will give us his favor if we only trust in him and put our uh, full trust in him. And all these problems could have easily been um, solved because the Lord has already promised that. So tonight, let's take a look at this. Um, uh, we'll take this series of lessons um, about having, you know, um, the blessing um, of um, serving the Lord. We will serve the Lord and we will continue serving Him. And um, let's try first and look at this uh, passage of scripture from the book of Second Chronicles. 
the book of Second Chronicles. This is in the Old Testament. And after Kings, First and Second Chronicles, this goes to Second Chronicles. We hope and pray that uh, we can increase our, you know, knowledge of the Bible this year. Um, we endeavor to read and read the scripture and, you know, avail ourselves of um, the treasures that are found in the Word of God and, uh, you know, get encouragement from the Lord and, and take notes of all the promises of the Lord in our lives. And with that, um, you will be blessed and the Lord um, will give you even more blessing. Because when you be, be, begin to uh, be happy in the Lord, then the Lord will also um, be joyful in His blessings about your life. Verse number 3 and 4, um, Ephesians, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. I'll start from verse number, I'll start from verse number 1, verse number 1. Look, um, just um, um, look at the verses and follow with your eyes. I will read these verses. If you uh, please stand, if you can, um, we will, I will read this verse and follow with your eyes. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 to 4, And the Spirit of God came upon Zerite, the son of Oded. And, and he went out to meet Asaph, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asaph, and all Judah, and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be, uh, ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel had been without true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they, um, but when they in their trouble, they turned unto the Lord and uh, the Lord God of Israel and sought Him. He was part of them. So let's pray. Our heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, uh, once again for bringing us tonight uh, into this place where we can worship You in spirit and in truth. Bless your people, Lord. Bless all our beautiful men and women and encourage us even the more to serve you, uh, Lord, with all our hearts. And Lord, we pray that we can have um, uh, the blessing, Lord, from your word tonight. Encourage us. And Lord, uh, that we will be able to continue the work. We'll be able, Lord, to um, uh, prepare ourselves for uh, the coming blessing that you have given to us. And even, Lord, the blessing of um, services in the church and uh, that we can serve you and serve you faithfully. Bless your people once again and uh, help us in our preparations for um, the coming events and even tonight, Lord, as we receive your word, I pray that you will give us so that um, um, the, the, the meaning that we can understand and help us <coughs> deliver your word of God and help your people as they um, attend to these words and Lord, uh, place this in their hearts and then all of us, O God, will walk um, um, before you uh, with fear and trembling. At the same time, Lord, uh, with joyfulness and gladness of heart. Bless all of us tonight in Jesus' name, prayer. 
Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The Bible says, Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God. Again, that is true to um, Israel in those times. But what I can see is that the greatest blessing, really, the greatest blessing which anyone can experience in this life is the finding of the true God. Our salvation in the Lord. There is no such greater blessing to be able to know that we are saved and we are bound to go to heaven. I do not know what else can, can, um, can make you joyful, but I tell you, because of our carnality, that um, um, it seems like we need to have material things, we need to have much money in order for us to feel the real joy that um, we, we need to feel in this life. My friend, our salvation in the Lord, when we find the Lord, um, God, in our lives, uh, you see, it is a great blessing already in itself. So while, while we have this, you know, knowledge of the salvation in the Lord Jesus, on the other hand to this, the other side of this, is that uh, there is a great tragedy to pass this life without even finding the true God. Because there are people who found God, and praise the Lord for that, that He allowed us to see Him and to know Him. But there are still people that do not know God. There are still people that do not know that God does really exist. You see, our verses here uh, points us uh, to this um, brief description of Israel's history. Um, Israel was was uh, into this kind of roller coaster, um, you know, um, uh, life with God. Sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down, and for many times they just uh, keeping on back and forth because of their long history uh, with God. And the history of Israel is really described as, you know, um, especially in this moment, um, they do not know God. You see, for a long time, they do not know the Lord. And again, we can notice how this brief portion of the scripture will give us and reveal to us and show to us the, uh, the sequence of uh, the teaching of this word. And you can find that uh, first and foremost that you can see in verse number 3. And what we can find in verse number 3, it says there, Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God. And that is astonishing. And what is really astonishing to me and surprising to me is that Israel, for a long season, they do not have the true God. That is really, that is very um, surprising to me because we know Israel. They are children of the living God. They are chosen by God. They are, you know, uh, people of God. Throughout history, we know that Israel uh, are the children of God. They are the people of God. And yet, we see in the scripture that for a long season, that means for a long time, how, how would that fit, you know, uh, our imagination now? If, you see, that we are, you know, the children of God, we are Bible Baptist uh, members, 
And then all of us do not know the true God. That is really uh, bizarre. That is very odd um, to think that, you know, the people of Mount Zion Bible Baptist Church do not worship the true God. Because that kind of description is really the description of the people, the people of God right there uh, in Judah and Benjamin. The tribe of Judah and Benjamin, the people of God. Not generally, the, 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 the entire Israelite people, they do not have the true God. Not just for a period of time, but for a long time. For a long season. These people are godless. Wow, that is that is shocking. That is very surprising. What will happen if that this is you tonight? That without us knowing that individuals here do not have God for a long time. <coughs> that is shocking. I would be surprised because. Um, I trust that you do your own, you know, a personal devotion. You you talk to God every now and again, and you 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 call upon the name of the Lord when when you are happy, when you are when you are sad, when you have problems. You always call upon God, whatever season you are in your life. And if this is very shocking to me, if this is true in your life, that for a long season. You have no true God. I hope that this is not true to any of us, um, of us tonight. That um, you allowed yourself to have departed from the living God for a long time. Here for a long season. They were godless for a long season. For many, many months. For many, many years. For a long season. It's okay for the unbelievers because unbelievers do not need God in their minds. And they do not know that they need God in their minds. Because what all they think is that, you know, um, um, they just labor uh, by, by, by the material things that they have in position. But for Christians, no. We understand that kind of lifestyle before we, um, we, we begin to serve the Lord, before we, we became Christians, before we became children of God. We understand that because we were into that kind of lifestyle before we got saved. Just like uh, what the Apostle Paul said in the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12. The Bible says here that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. I remember before I got saved, um, I was just like, I thought I was okay. I thought, you know, I woke up in the morning and Sunday morning, you know, no, no prepare. There's nothing really to do. Um, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't um, um, do anything about God. So just get up in the morning, late in the morning, after that, Head straight to our neighbors, and then right there in our neighborhood, uh, 
what we can find. There is beer. This, oh, we will we will drink beer and 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 you know started our day drinking. <coughs> Sunday, every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, we will do that. Why? Because I thought it was okay, and I feel to myself that um, I'm not so bad. You know, I'm not I'm not doing bad things. So uh, I think God will uh, you know I, I do see that it's God by by having a little drink and all that. Because I did not know the Lord. And it was it was like kind of I don't really need God in those times, but uh, now that I can say it, I see the importance when I look at the scripture, I see that as children of God we ought to serve the Lord. As children of God we ought to you know separate ourselves from from simple things in this world. Uh, we are taught to be to be separate. Because our bodies are now the temple of the living God, and the Lord our God lives in us. And because God is holy, so we ought to be holy, so that He can, you know, uh, is not blasphemed in our lives. And I do not know those kind of things. I do not know um, how to live really a life that is pleasing to God, because I did not have the Lord in those times. But I can see all this now, the difference, uh, and and. The Lord has told us how to live our life now because we are saved. You see, but again, um, this kind of lifestyle, we are so aware. In, uh, maybe not with the children, uh, these children that grew up in the church, grew up in the Christian home. Yeah, maybe not, you know, um, something to, to uh, you know, to compare. But us who are saved in our adulthood, and we see uh, before we got saved the, the difference of our life, then we can tell. And exactly this is the, the uh, description of the people of God in those times. And this is also the description of the people maybe in our times. There are people who are, people who are really, um, you know, um, living their lives. Without God. And for the believers, that's fine. But for the believers, I don't think that is good. That you are just, you know, um, um, living your life, even though you are a child of God, but you do not think about God. Uh, you are living your life as a child of God, and, and yet you do not serve God in your heart. You may come to church, that's fine, but deep within your heart, you are not really worshiping the Lord. Deep in your heart, you are really thinking, thinking of something else. It's not a problem with our church. Me, it's not a problem. I, I cannot, I, I do not really see, you know, when you come to church, I do not see any problem. Uh, when, when you, when you, um, you know, uh, sing those hymns, and, and uh, sing praises to the Lord. I do not really see the problem, but there is one problem there. Me as a pastor, I cannot see it, but the Lord our God can see it. That you may just come and sing praises, and yet your heart is so far from God. <coughs> the Lord Jesus Christ accuses people that these people, their, their, their mouth is so, uh, are praising me, but their hearts are so far from me. And I hope that it's not going to happen to us because that is very appalling. And I will tell you, I will tell you, um, you are fooling yourself because 
If you, be, if you think that you can fool the people of the church, you cannot fool God. And that is why it's a foolish thing. When we come to church, why not give you all? Why not give our all to the Lord? And Lord, thank you. I, you know, Lord, uh, I did not expect that I'll be able to come to church today, but Lord, thank you that I'm in the church today. You see, and that's always my attitude. Praise the Lord for that, because um, um, Pastor Jimbo taught me how to um, really be grateful um, that the Lord has given us opportunity to serve Him because we are not deserving. And I always think about that being me undeserved, undeserved in what everything, good things or whatever things that I experience in life, I am an undeserved person to receive all these blessings. But the Lord, with His great mercy, He allowed me to experience this great uh, service of the Lord. And again, um, I am thankful to God that despite of my flaws, despite of my sin, despite of, you know, um, the, the, the uh, frailty of our flesh, uh, but the Lord is so gracious. The Lord is so um, um, marvelous in His grace. That is why, you know, there's no amount of discouragement by the grace of God that can discourage me when, when it comes to service service uh, in the name of the Lord. So we will just be thankful to God. If the Lord has um, given you, you know, um, chance to come to church, thank the Lord for that. Because a lot of people cannot come to church. If the Lord has given you opportunity to sing the hymns, thank the Lord for that. That you can open your mouth and praise the Lord with your mouth. You better always thank the Lord. Now, I'm a pastor, I always thank the Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Because, as I think, there, if, Lord, there are so many people that, you know, they are um, very much qualified to become pastors, but Lord, you picked me, you chose me. Um, by your grace, Lord, I will offer my life to you. And that, I think, is the, is the key there. Because, for us who comes to God, for us who come to God with, with, you know, nothing in our hand, and only by the grace of God that He entrusted to us His ministry, therefore we thank the Lord with all our heart. But for maybe for the people who have a lot of talents, they have a lot of, you know, knowledge, and we have all the abilities in life, and they come to God to serve the Lord, and they will feel like, you know, uh, didn't need the Lord just to do service, yeah, religious service, because they are well able to do religious service even though without the help of the Lord. But me, no, I can't. I cannot come, come to church without God's help. I cannot stand here in the pulpit without God's help. I cannot stand in other churches to preach without God's help. I cannot even, you know, assure myself that I can get up in the morning without God's help. In other words, every single time, every step of the way, I need God's help. I am dependent on God's help. And if the Lord will give me a favor and put me in a certain place of um, serving His name, then I will thank the Lord. Lord, without your help, I cannot be here. That is, you know, the, 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 the thing that we ought to think. These people, the people of God, they are living their life without God. It's impossible, but they do. They live their lives without the Lord, without the true God. 
You see, the Israelite people, they believe in the existence of God. And I know that they do. All of them, they believe in the existence of God. They experience the blessings of God. They experience the benefit of sitting in their hands, the blessings of God, the providences of the Lord. And, and again, the Lord extended his mercies, extended his grace toward them. And, and again, for all of that, they live their lives without the true God. I would say they are really ungrateful. These people are so ungrateful. But again, I don't want to, to condemn them of what they are and who they are because who knows, you know, one of my children or one member of my family or maybe me, myself in the future, would also do the same thing. I cannot really assure myself that I will always be grateful. I will always be thankful and grateful to the Lord because who knows, you know, there will be questions in the future. And, and to the point where the Lord will put me to the test, and I would like that. That is why um, it just, you know, it just amazed me um, how that this is possible in the life of Christian people. How is this possible that the people um, they are saved and then they come to the church and worship the Lord, but only they worship God in their mouth, not in their heart, and which is really possible. Um, that that happened because it happened to these children of God. People, they don't have a true God in their lives. Not just for a moment, but for a long season. For a long season, that's really, um, again, added to, to my amazement. How is this possible that these people of God, that they know God, they experience God, they, they experience the providences of God, and yet these people, for a long season, they are without God. Not just that they are without God, they don't have a teaching priest. What is that uh, teaching priest? They don't have a pastor. And I think this is one big problem. If the church will have a problem of a pastor, I'll tell you, that is a tragedy. It is a tragedy. If our church will have no pastor, that is really sad. And notice here what happened to these people. I think the lack of the teaching priest is the reason why these people, they come to church and they worship God, not in their heart, but they worship God in their mouth only. The greatest reason to that is perhaps is this, the lack of teaching priests. It says here again in verse number 3, Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest. Without a teaching priest. Now remember, they, have, they don't have the true God. That is devastating already, spiritually. That is devastating. And again, they, have with, they are without teaching priests. They don't have a pastor. They may have a pastor, but a pastor that is not according to God's heart. So that pastor is not really a pastor. Because anyone can be a pastor. Anyone can be a pastor. But it's different to be a pastor after God's own heart. It's different. But these people, they don't have the true God. And they don't have a teaching priest. 
didn't have a pastor whose duty it was to teach the people the truth of God. That means the pastor must get the truth from the word of God and give it to the people, explain it to the people, so that the people will begin to realize, you know, what God wants and what is the will of God in their lives. The word of God must be preached. But the problem is that if, when there is no teaching priest, then there is no a pastor that can give to them the, the message that the people need and God wants the people to hear. You see, we understand who are these uh, teaching priests. We, we know who we know who are these people. I will tell you, uh, this speaks about me in our church. And there will be a lot of teaching priests coming in the coming days, in the coming weeks. We have a lot of teaching priests. We have Pastor Juno. We have Pastor Dad. We have Pastor Disamba online, you know, who uh, have his um, recorded message. We'll have Pastor Norris Belcher and uh, Brother Caleb Garaway. We have these people that will speak to us and come and say from the Word of God. I will tell you. It is so sad when the pastor will not preach from the word of God. I will tell you that is a that is a very bad, bad thing for a church. If the pastor will not, you know, derive the message from the word of God. The pastor will just make story and then good story, but there's there's no amount of good story really that can replace the word of God. There's no amount of good story. There's no amount of eloquence that can replace the importance of the word of God. Sometimes we we shift you, we shift to things that you know very very compelling and very um you know um, 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 good to the to the hearing of the ears. Very good to the ears. We are we are compelled to to like or, or to really admire um, the eloquence. Even though we, without substance from the Word of God, without substance from, from, from the Lord. And again, that's what happened when the church, um, that when the church comes now, teaching priests. You see, these people, they, they, they were before, perhaps, you know, um, full of um, messages from the preachers and uh, teachers of the Word of God and, and the, the, the speakers, they only speak about the Word of God and they are God's teaching priests. But again, the majority of people are outside the influence um, of these teaching priests and preachers. They do not attend uh, to church perhaps. Those people that do not really believe in God, they do not have to do anything with the Bible, they do not have anything to do with church, they don't have anything to do with God, and they don't listen to, to the preaching, they don't listen to um, the exposition of the scriptures, and they do not read the Bible themselves, they, they, they are the kind of uh, people who do not regard anything religious and in their lives because uh, we have so much already with religion, and they are discouraged already with religion. So, and again, the consequence to this, 
And the sad consequence to this is that the people will become ignorant of the things of God. There will be ignorance of the things of God and people in the church maybe, people will just become um, average um, about their knowledge of, uh, of Christianity, uh, but again, deep within their heart, they know nothing about God's ways. <coughs> they don't know about salvation. There are a lot of churches now, there are churches, but they do not know salvation. They do not know the salvation of, of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. They think that this salvation is derived from this and from that, derived from you can you can get to heaven by by uh, you know uh, attaining and uh, doing the Ten Commandments, and they do not really know God's way of salvation. And again, um, these people they come to church, but they do not have experience of the presence of God. I hope that tonight you can examine yourself whether you have experience of the presence of God. Because I will tell you my friend, if you come to church tonight and if you ask yourself whether you have experienced before or ever before or now at present the presence of God in your life and if you have not experienced the presence of God, I will tell you, you are just, um, you are just um, playing religion with God. If you do not know the presence of God in your life, you are still ignorant of um, the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I know that that is not the, the story with our church. I know that um, for many times maybe you have, you have made the decision that you, will, you, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you surrendered your life to God one way or another to His service or to His um, uh, working in your life. And many of you have already surrendered your life to God, but I hope, I hope that all of us are like that. That not one of us here tonight that is just playing religion. Because that person that is playing religion is really fooling himself. He's just fooling himself. Because they do not believe the salvation that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you must experience that firsthand. It's not because we read it in the book. It's not because we heard it from the preaching. It's not because that we heard it from our relatives. And the, the experience of God. You must have an experience of God yourself. You must have your personal experience of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God must be real in your life. Because the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, that the works lest any man should boast. Because a lot of people now, they experience their Christianity, and they experience their churchanity, they experience their religiosity. But very few know the way of salvation that is revealed in the person and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a great, you know, um, tragedy for the church when the church is occupied by unsaved people. And again, it is already a tragedy in itself, but the more tragic it is when those, these people that have experienced salvation and they have experienced the working of God in their lives, 
and they start somehow along the line, and then in those long periods and long seasons of life, they are leaving themselves without God. Now that is what happened to these people, the people of Israel. They have long been, you know, uh, 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 you know, considered themselves children of God, and yet they do not know God. And they stop walking with God for a long season. They have no true God and they have no teaching priest. And again, added to that tragedy in their lives, they have without true God, they have without teaching priest. But in verse number three, again, tells us one thing more. It tells us another thing. It says, Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law, without law. What does it say? They have no God in their lives. They have no pastor there that will teach them the, the things of God in the Bible. And they have no Bible there. They have no word of God in their life. The word of God becomes, you know, um, of no effect to them. No matter how much amount of preaching is done to them, they have become, they have dull in hearing. Their ears are full of, you know, um, uh, it becomes itchy. They don't want to listen to anything about the things of God. They seem to have learned everything already. Oh, I've been here for a long time and I, I, have, I have heard enough. I will tell you, you cannot hear enough. Me, I've been a Christian for 31 years. I want to. I want another 31 years because I don't think I, I, I have arrived yet, <laughs> and I don't think I will be ever be arriving yet. I need the Word of God every single day. That's exactly what Jesus Christ said: "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeded out from the mouth of the Lord that man live." Every word that means you need it every day. You need the Word of God every day. You see, the people, they have without God. They are without teaching priests and they don't have the law in them. I will tell you, my friend, how important it is to have the pastors in the church. Why? The pastors are the teaching priests and they are the guardians of the law. They are the guardians of the right and true doctrine of the Bible. They are the guardians of, of the things of God and what, what God wants the people to hear. The pastors are the guardians to that. If anyone wanted to know the law, in those days of the time of Israel, they had to go to a priest. If you remember one story of the Bible, there was this priest that wanted to be hired by a, a wealthy man. And he will pay his wages and all that just to be there in their place, to be their priest, because they need a priest. It's very important and valuable to them. The priest to them is, you know, is like a, is like a, a, a jewel. Very, very um, um, rare to them to have a priest. And they need a priest. They need someone, you know, to, to go in behalf of them to God. And that is the priest's job. The priest, again, uh, is the one that is entrusted by God with the word of God. 
So again, in our times today, we have the, we have the law of God in our hearts. We have the Bible, and we have God. We have His Word. But the problem is, the majority of the people they do not read the Bible. The majority of the people they are without law. The majority of the people they do not believe what the Bible says. When God says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, all Christians would agree with that in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. He said, um, um, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So much more as you see the day approaching. So all Christians would agree with that, but they do not really, it doesn't really matter to them if they come or not. That means they believe what God said, but they do not really practice it. A lot of people in our church today, um, they hear the preaching, but they cannot, it doesn't really matter to them whether they will practice it. And that is really sad. The law is God's standard of what is right or wrong. That is in, in God's law. And again, the vast majority of the people take their standards from somewhere else. They do not take the standards from the Word of God. They take their standards from the internet, from YouTube, from television, and from advertisement. And they take their standards somewhere else. And some of them take their standards from movies. And what the, um, the, uh, the people in the um, um, media will say. I remember, um, I think 10 years ago, Somewhere more than ten years ago, um, I met someone. I met someone, and um, he told me that the world will end next year, and that was like 2000, 2011. 2011. And that guy told me that the world will end next year, and he was very serious. And you know, when people will say that, I don't really, you know, um, pay attention because they're, maybe they're just joking or whatever. But that person is very serious with, with, a, with a look on his eyes that he believes that the world is really going to end next year. But I, I said to him, you know, that, that, that's really interesting. Uh, where did you find, where, where did you learn that? Um, how do you know that? And he said, oh, it's predicted. And, and, and it's predicted that it's going to happen. Then I asked him, um, who predicted that? Who predicted that uh, kind of thing? He said, oh, no, it's in the movie. You know? mm -hmm. It's in the movie. The movie is 2012, you know? The, the, um, the terms, uh, they, they told us what exactly was going to happen. That was the movie I... I was interested in looking or watching at that movie. That's really true. That that movie is predicting that the world will end in 2012. And that person really believed that with all his heart. That it's going to finish, the world will be done in 2012. And you see, he was sold out to believe the movie. I hope that. Uh, you are here tonight and you do not believe in any other thing but the Bible, what the Bible says. Because our Bible will tell us really the truth. 
And the truth is that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming, and he's coming very soon, but you need to be prepared. The vast majority of people, they don't base their standards in the Bible. And sad to say, there are maybe Christians, perhaps Bible Baptist believers, that live their lives, but not base their standards in the Bible. And that is really sad. And these people, they have rejected that standard in their lives. And what they put in their lives is the world standard. And what they put in their lives are the man's standard or even the devil's standard that they do not aware. They are not aware of that they are just substituting, you know, the standard of God and something else. You see, that is what's going to happen if the if the person or the church they have they have they have no true God, they don't have um, a teaching priest, and they don't have law, they don't have the word of God. Now, when trouble comes to their life. Now here in verse number 4, if you take a look at this, chapter 15, verse number 4, when trouble came in their lives and they were turned to the Lord, guess what? The Lord is so faithful still. The Lord is really faithful. That despite how much time that these people, you know, hurt the Lord, that how much these people despise the Lord in their lives, but still the Lord is very gracious to them. Verse number 4. Verse number four. But when they in their trouble, but they when in their trouble they turned unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was proud of them. You see, verse number four tells us this. And in verse number five, verse number six, we find that the trouble came. You know, why why trouble came? Because that the reason the trouble came because they left God in their lives and then the Lord has to punish his people and the punishment of God uh, is used by God so that his people will come back to God and in verse number 5, verse number 6 you will, you will see there that the Lord punished his people verse number 5 and in those times there was no peace to him that went out nor to him that came in but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries, and nations was destroyed of nations, and city of city. Uh, for God did mix them with all adversity. Because they have forgotten God, and they have no business with the church, they have no business with the pastor, they have no business of anything about God, so the Lord, you know, the, these people, they just live their lives, and they try to be at peace with one another, their neighbor, they try to be kind, they try, they do everything so that there will be no conflict. Without God's intervention, there is no conflict, and people in communities and cities and nations, they live in harmony, but at one time the Lord, you know, begs them with, with vexation, and then no matter what they do, no matter how appeasement that uh, what, what appeasement they do to their neighbors. It will just be in conflict. Yeah, they are just in trouble. They are just fighting against each other. And they are killing against each other and destroying cities uh, uh, against cities, nation against nation, uh, nation. This is what God says. A nation was destroyed of nation and city of city. Why? 
for God did fix them with all adversity. This is what happened. Human beings cannot really live a peaceful life in this world uh, with their neighbor, with their cities, in their communities, and their nations without God. People will just uh, be destroyed if God, you know, if they will put God out of their lives. And that is why, and the reason there is because God did fix them with all adversity. So, a lot of people now, they don't want God to be part of our community. They don't want God to be involved in anything. And sometimes it works. <coughs> but along the way there, it will just be chaos and people will just destroy people. Why? Because that is what's going to happen if God is not, you know, being um, part of um, the community or uh, the person. Uh, the, the life of the Christian uh, person. Another thing that I want you to see is that with these people, they, there came a time that they have to turn to the Lord because they cannot solve the problem, the problem of the community, the problem of the society, the problem of a nation. They cannot solve it and they need God. And they need God desperately. And they come to the Lord, they turn to God. In verse number four, when they, uh, uh, but when they in their trouble, they turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. You see, that is really a great blessing from the Lord because the Lord was hurt, but at the same time, the Lord was gracious and the Lord blessed them. There are three words which tell us how to find God. How are we going to, you know, seek the Lord? And how are we going to, you know, to, to get right with God? How? The first thing that we need to do is, his advice is turn from sin and from self. Depart from your own, you know, own mind. Depart from sin. Do not allow sin to get involved in your life and then, you know, turn from, from yourself. Surrender yourself to God. If you do not surrender your life to God, I tell you, you will face vexation of your spirit. You will face tragedy. You will face problem. And, and, and until you bow down to God and kneel unto God and, and in your deep need and in your distress, then do not wait until distress comes. Because the Lord is calling us while you know, it's still okay. Your life is still okay today. Come to the Lord because you know, if you wait until you are distressed, if you wait until you are you are down, that would be very late, and that that would be a lot of heartaches and misery. But before misery comes, before misery comes to your life, turn from sin and from sorrow. Turn. First Thessalonians one night. First Thessalonians one night. It says, "For they did not show what what manner of misery we had in you." How you turn to God from idols to serve the true and living God, or to serve the living and true God? There must be a turnaround in our Christian life. There must be a turnaround. What is that turnaround? Before you 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 push God out in your life, now bring back that in. Bring back God in your life because you cannot survive in this world without God. And 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 before uh, you have. You turn, uh, you, you push God aside, 
and you push the church aside, you push the, the word of God aside, bring all those back in. Listen to the preaching and, and, and do your own devotion and, and search the Lord uh, with all your heart in the word of God. You see, that's what's going to happen. Seek the Lord. Before it's, 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 late, um, it's too late, before it is too late, seek the Lord and His pardon. Seek God's forgiveness. Seek God. Do not just get up there and, and, and think that everything is okay. It's not okay with the Lord. God wants to settle things, you know, with you. Come now, let us listen together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. In other words, you have done sin, you have done, um, you know, wickedness in my eyes, then bring that to the table and, you know, um, um, expose it to the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, I have sinned against you. I have pushed you aside. Now, if you do that, then the Lord will come to you and will forgive you of your sins. You need to seek the Lord and His pardon in Isaiah 55, verse number 6. Isaiah 55 verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and in him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will abundantly pardon. In other words, before it's too late, do not wait until you are miserable. Do not wait until, you know, it's the end of the line. And then you come to the Lord. Before it's too late, seek the Lord and His pardon. And not just that, um, the Lord has promised you that you can find Him. And that is what the, our text says there in 2 Corinthians 15, verse number 2. In, in, he said, And he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah, and Benjamin, the Lord is with you, while you be with him. You see, Sometimes we, we, we are with the Lord and we do not realize whether the Lord is with us. But even though you do not realize it, even though you do not feel it, that the Lord is with you, the Lord is with you. Just make sure that you are, you know, focused in your service to God. You are, you know, with all your heart, you seek the Lord. Because once you have that, you know, that, that part is done in your life, the Lord Without you feeling it, without you realizing it, the Lord is with you. That's what happened to, that's, this is what the, the prophet said to Adam. He said, again, I will read it. And he went to meet Adam and said unto him, Hear ye me, Adam, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. Now, Adam did not realize this. But the prophet said, the Lord is with you. When? When was the Lord was with us? He said, while ye be with him. While you are worshipping the Lord and you do not feel God, and while you are praying to the Lord and you do not see God, while you are worshipping the Lord and you do not feel God, even though you do not see, even though you do not feel, even though you do not, you know, comprehend God in your life, God is with you. Sometimes the Lord will choose it not to really expose himself to you, but he is with you. This is what, you know, the prophet is saying. The Lord is with you while you be with him. The moment that you will, uh, it seems like, you know, there's nothing happening really in my life. I mean, I've been faithful to the Lord and 
There's no difference. I mean, you change it. All of a sudden, you change it. He said, ah, I think that's the point. This is the point of all these things. And that is where the tragedy will come. That is where the tragedy will come. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be part of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Oh, in all those times, Pastor, I worship the Lord faithfully in my heart. And then the Lord did not let me feel him. And now that I, I, I depart from the service of the Lord, I will be punished. I'll tell you, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. The moment you forsake God, you know what the Bible says? He will forsake you. It's not really that God will punish you. It's your protection, my friend. It's your protection. The Lord has protected you all these years. All these years you are protected against the pressure of the, of the devil, the pressure of Satan. When God, you know, when you, when you love God, when you worship God, when you serve God, your protection is very strong. There is this bulwark of protection. And the pressure of the devil cannot, cannot come close to you. Why? Because the Lord protected you. He puts, he puts a hedge around you. A hedge. So that, that you know, the, the, um, the, the fierce animals outside of that hedge cannot, cannot enter but the moment you forsake the Lord, the Lord will remove the hedge. That will open the enemy to come in. So it's the enemy, it's the enemy that will torture you, not God. The Lord has protected you all these years. But the moment that you will depart from the Lord, He will remove that protection. And you know what? What will happen if God removes the protection? You are open to the enemy. At any time, you will be attacked. And you cannot, you know, you cannot withstand the attack of the enemy. And that is where tragedy, that is where mis misery will come. That is what's happening to our lives. And you have to be very <coughs> careful about that. Because if you will not um, continue to serve the Lord faithfully, and you will think of your evil thought of forsaking the Lord, I will tell you, the Lord also will forsake you. The Lord will not bring his punishment, but it's the devil that will come into your life. When, when God removes the hedge, when the Lord removes the hedge, and that's where the problem comes. You see, in, in um, 2 Chronicles 15, verse number 15, And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them. You see, and the Lord was 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 found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. The Lord has blessed them. The Lord has stopped all the enemies to come to them. So the hedge is built again. The hedge is. You know, constructed again that the hedge, no amount of evil from outside can come in. There's no amount because the Lord, you know, placed that hedge and strengthened that hedge. That is what God said. If you forsake the Lord, the Lord will forsake you, remove the hedge. The spiritual protection, the spiritual hedge, if you will forsake the Lord. 
And for those people that does that, that forsake the Lord, it's really a foolish thing. And you know what, what, what God said about that? In, in Proverbs 8, verse number 17, this is what God said to these people. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. You see, this is what God said. The Lord loves those people that love him. Uh, what's verse number 18 said? Uh, riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. Why? Because all the blessings are only coming from the Lord. But you can have it with God's hedge of protection. The Lord will multiply your blessing. But if you begin uh, to think of the foolish things in your heart to remove, uh, I mean, to forsake the Lord, that is really a full small move. That is a very bad move if you do that. Because the Lord uh, can remove his hedge and the enemy can attack you at any time and you cannot recover yourself. But you need the Lord. Seek the Lord and he will be found of you. Let's pray. Let's pray our Father in heaven.